Letter fifty of the Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter fifty. To Sir George Brudenell, Woodley Vale. My dear Sir George. It is with the utmost pleasure, I assure you, of my niece having borne her journey with less fatigue than we even could have hoped for. The pleasing expectation of meeting with her beloved relations contributed towards her support, and combated the affliction she had tasted during her separation from them and her native place. As we approached the last stage, her conflict increased, and both Miss Finch and myself used every method to recompose her fluttering spirits but just as we were driving into the inn-yard when we were to change horses for the last time she clasped her hands together exclaiming oh my god my father's chaise and sunk back very near fainting i tried to laugh her out of her extreme agitation she had hardly power to get out of the coach and hobbling as you know me to be with the gout an extraordinary exertion was necessary on my part to support her tottering as she was into a parlour I shall never be able to do justice to the scene which presented itself. Miss Grenville flew to meet her trembling sister. The mute expression of their features, the joy of meeting, the recollection of past sorrows. Oh, it is more than my pen can paint. It was more than human nature could support. At least it was with the utmost difficulty it could be supported till the venerable father approached to welcome his lovely daughter she sunk on her knees before him and looked like a dying victim at the shrine of a much-loved saint what agonies possessed mr grenville he called for assistance none of the party were able from their own emotions to afford him any at last the dear creature recovered and became tolerably calm but this only lasted a few minutes she was seated between her father and sister she gazed fondly first on one and then the other and would attempt to speak but her full heart could not find vent at her lips her eyes were rivers through which her sorrows flowed i rose to retire for a little time being overcome by the affecting view she saw my attentions and rising likewise took my hand don't leave us i will be more myself don't leave us my second father oh sir turning to mr Grenville, help me repay this generous best of men a small part of what my grateful heart tells me is his due i receive him my julia cried her father i receive him to my bosom as my brother he embraced me and lady stanley threw an arm over each of our shoulders our spirits after some time a little subsided we proceeded to this place i was happy this meeting was over as i all along dreaded the delicate sensibility of my niece oh sir george how could my unhappy nephew be blind to such inestimable qualities as julia possesses blind i recall the world he was not blind to them he could not but he was misled by the cursed follies of the world and entangled by its snares till he lost all relish for whatever was lovely and virtuous ill-fated young man how deplorable was thy end oh may the mercy of heaven be extended toward thee may it forget its justice nor be extreme to mark what was done amiss 
I find Julia was convinced he was hurried out of this life by his own desperate act, but she forbears to inquire into what she says she dreads to be informed of. She appears to me, who knew her not in her happier days, like a beautiful plant that had been chilled with the nipping frost, which congealed but could not destroy its loveliness, the tenderness of a parent, like the sun, has chased away the winter, and she daily expands and discovers fresh charms. Her sister, too, indeed, we should see such women now and then to reconcile us to the trifling sex, who have laboured with the utmost celerity, and with too much success, to bring an odium on that most beautiful part of the creation. You say you are tired of the women of your world. Their caprices, their follies, to soften the expression, has caused this distaste in you. Come to Woody Vale, and behold beauty ever attended by, what should ever attend beauty, native innocence. The lovely widow is out of the question. I am in love with her myself, that is, as much as an old fellow of sixty-four ought to be with a young girl of nineteen. But her charming sister, I must bring you acquainted with her, yet, unless I was perfectly convinced that you possess the best of hearts, you should not even have a glance from her pretty blue eyes. Indeed, I believe I shall turn monopolizer in my dotage, and keep them all to myself. Julia is my child. Louisa has merit with me, exclusive of her own superlative one, of being her sister. And my little Finch is a worthy girl. I adore her for her friendship to my darling. Surely your heart must be impenetrable, if so much merit and so much beauty does not assert that sway over you. Do you think that infamous fellow, I'm sorry to express myself thus while speaking of a peer of our realm, Lord Bidolf, is sincere in his reformation. Perhaps returning health may renew in him vices which are become habitual from long practice. If he reflects at all, he has much, very much, to answer for throughout this unhappy affair. Indeed, he did not spare himself in his conversation with me. If he sees his errors in time, he ought to be thankful to heaven for allowing him that time to him, which by his pernicious counsels he prevented the man he called friend from availing himself of. Adieu, my dear Sir George. May you never feel the want of that peace which goodness bosoms ever. Edward Stanley End of Letter 50